I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to our 2019 Round 29 episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider. This episode is brought to you by The Touchdown, now in MLS. Uh, wait, wait, no, 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 no. Uh, actually, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by my usual partners in fantasy almost messed that one up, Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle. Uh, we'd also like to welcome our very special Patreon guest, Sherry Snyder, who's having some technical difficulties getting her microphone to work with Discord right now. So uh, she may not be able to join us. We'll see. It's a work in progress. Uh, but if not, we'll definitely get some comments from Sherry going forward. But thank you, everyone, for coming out. Thank you, people in live chat, for joining us. Uh, what's up, fellas? How we're doing all right, Reed. I'm good. I'm a little tired. You can see my office has disappeared on me. Yeah, some new background scenery from Blaine. He was promising us, like, uh, d just mounds and, and shelves of games and, like, a giant picture, a poster of Boba Fett, and it's, it's not happened. All I'm seeing is what may or may not be uh, an outlet up to code in the background, missing missing some, some stuff there. Oh, Sherry's <laughs> popped in. This, will, this is going to drive our, our stream crazy for just a second. Uh, for those of you watching <laughs> us, so uh, give me just a second for the stream. I think I can get this fixed up pretty quick. I'm getting, mm -hmm. I'm getting pretty good at it. I'm getting this stuff fixed on the fly. Um, so, what have you guys been up to? As we're getting getting things worked out for Sherry. Oh, you know, honestly, I, I watched a lot of soccer this weekend. It was a really fun uh, weekend with all the playoff seating going on and all the races pretty tight except for first in the west uh it was a lot of really good soccer uh and a lot of crazy results so especially since new york city won and won early i was able to kind of sit in the clubhouse and enjoy the chaos in full as it did involve my i don't know if blaine can say the same but <laughs> you know i will i watched the game i watched the whole thing there's no way i was going to turn that off and I described it in the in a sporting forum today, you know, go up 1-0 and then give up the equalizer like that's okay, whatever, keep pushing for it. Go down 2-1, you still got a little hope. Maybe you can pull something out, go down 3-1 and you're like, okay, season's probably over. Go down 4-1 and just go, okay, who cares anymore? <laughs> you know? And after that every goal was just adding on to the misery and it didn't hurt at all really at that point. It was just like, yep, the season's over. <laughs> You all still have a a small chance to, to I make it according to 538. We have to run the table, and Dallas has to lose out for us to have a chance. I mean, I said like, a small I think chance. If Dallas picks, yeah. I think if Dallas picks up one or three points anywhere, it's over. Dallas could lose all their games, so they have a pretty tough I'm not going to have trouble finding I mean, it's, I mean and, even this at Seattle, New York City. I mean, they'll probably get at the point against New York City again. 
Yeah, I just... And you know, the worst part about this run from Kansas is that they've been terrible. It's the whole... All the help we've gotten along the way. Every team that has needed to lose has lost along the way. Yeah. So that the door would be wide open for us to slip into the playoffs, and we're not capitalizing. So what's your what's your stance on Vermes while we watch poor Reed have to readjust the strings? <laughs> <laughs> so, Chat, what's your thought on Vermes? Should he stay or should he go at this point? Because my thought, and I put this on Twitter, is I mean I don't have a problem with him as a coach, but I I think you know the days of the GM and coach in MLS they have to be gone. Um, the scouting for Sporting Kansas City just hasn't been there the past few years. I don't think they've made a great signing since I've been following MLS for about five years now. Um, or I guess maybe six, because New York City's five years, I think. Um, kid- uh, well, depends on how you define great. If you're talking DP caliber, instant playmaker, no, but they've never spent the money on that either. And they've struggled to recruit. Yeah. Um, but if you want to talk about just crazy finds and crazy good signings um Ilya has been solid yeah. um felipe gutierrez chilean international i mean that's one vermis went out and got and paid good money for johnny russell's another one that he's went out and paid good money for and then um the kind of the discovery find was latif blessing and look at what he's doing with la now after the expansion draft Mm-hmm. I mean, that one burns Although me that, With LA, yeah. he's quite an asterisk. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that one kind of burns me too. But you talk mm-hmm. about just playmakers that Vermes has brought to MLS. There's there's a bunch of them there. And a lot of guys who are getting significant minutes. So, Okay, we've got the stream set up back up. Apologies to those in chat who uh, were listening. Backup plan in case this happens again. Um, if you haven't joined us in our one of our live chat sessions... Um, we have a special little picture graphic layover that I'm able to adjust the, the boxes so that we all appear in certain places with, with names and tags. Uh, so I've had to readjust that a few times as we're trying to work out some things with Sherry, but, uh, I've got a backup plan for what to do in case we need to do some stuff again, but now we're going to keep moving forward. You're here to listen about fantasy. We're here to talk about fantasy. So let's start with the recap. We were already doing it a little bit. Uh, how'd your teams do? Let's start with you, Mike. All right, my team did 130, which was okay. Um, my main thing was I captained Zlatan, um, always captained Zlatan. Um, that was pretty much one of the few things I did to work out. Um, I think kind of the big strain on everyone was New York City players, as really outside of Matriza, um, not many of them did all that well. Um, and my only saving grace was I had Medina on the bench, um, who didn't end up coming in. I had Wando come in um, off my bench as my lone Otteru player for 10 points. Uh, which helped me out a little bit. Had Pavone, had Pozuelo. Um, really none of my defenders did anything, but uh, I think outside of RSL defenders, not many. Uh, RSL and maybe some Houston defenders, not many of them did all that well. I did have Sean Johnson. Uh, I kept him after the PK save. Um, and I think he was the highest score- scoring uh, goalie of the week. So that's pretty much about it. I mean, I think most double game week players, there was a lot of really solid um, double digit scores. So as long as you had as many of them and didn't get dragged down by the bad New York City choice, I think you did okay this week. Blaine, what about you? Yeah, so I got burned by a couple of last minute transfer decisions. Again, uh, 123 <laughs> overall for the points. Um, week rank, one ni- uh, 1900 something. So yeah, not great. Um, 
I saw the lineups and I was like, oh, Gregus is back. So let's grab him. And I dumped Finley for Gregus, which ate some extra money. And then they scored the exact same. <laughs> um, and then I was like, I was really high on Minone all week. And I was just like, you know what? I saw Sean Johnson give up a goal. I've been busy with the move. So I was like, okay, we're just going to go with Minone. We're going to save a little bit of money on Romando. Um, Johnson came up the goal. Then he saves a penalty, ends up with the five extra points on that one. And could have saved me a lot of money to throw somewhere else. So, yeah, I mean, those two moves right there, I think, really sunk my week a little bit and kept me from moving up in the ranks. I did Captain Zlatan, so that was good. I managed to avoid most of the New York City trap. Actually, none of the three New York City player scores counted for me, or one of them did. I had ringing Tati on the bench, and so I got the four instead of the three there. Didn't get Sean Johnson's points, so that one hurt. But, I mean, I had Pozuelo and Pavone in there, and Shin Yushiki got a nine for his price, which is great. And my defense was a six, six, and eight. So no real complaints here. I mean, I think I got solid scores all the way around, but I could have been just a little bit better had I not made a couple of those last transfers because I, ha- I had Herrera in the early lineup, and he got dropped to Smith on the defense. So I just, to use some money elsewhere, I lost a few points on my for my overall score. Yeah, so I had uh, some similar reactions as as you, as you, Blaine. I took out Ramondo and swapped him with Manone at the same point when when I saw what was happening in the New York City game. I didn't stay long enough with Johnson, uh, so I also missed out on his 12 points, but I got the 7 for Manone. Uh, I had 125 points overall, so I think that's a pretty solid score. It's And that's the way I want to describe it. It's it's a solid score. It's, it's not... Knock it out of the park. I know lots of people had had higher scores uh, than 125, but it's a good score. When I look at my players, uh, Ring was my lowest scoring player with four points, so I didn't miss out on all of that New York City FC player fail. Uh, but I've got six points from Aro, six points from Smith, eight points from Etnair on the back in my defense, which is pretty solid mm-hmm. for a, a lot of those players. And I got nine points from Erickson, 16 points from Pozuelo, 12 points for Pavone, which is great. And then I had Zlatan captain for 38 points. I got nine points from Shin Yashiki, which, which is solid. And then I had Wando coming off the bench with 10 points. So really solid. Just some of those small little Pieces here or there where some extra points could have come in. I took a flyer. I had Tider on my bench. Instead of going with another double game week guy, I put Tider to see if I could get some points out of that FC Cincinnati game. Um, He got six, which they lost. Preview of a surprise. Uh, (laughs) Montreal lost, and and so that didn't happen. But uh, that was a little flyer I took. We'll, We'll touch into one of the reasons why I did that in just a few minutes with the show but uh yeah pretty solid if you got if you got triple digits you definitely did what you should have done for this round sherry's popped back in so i'm gonna go to a backup plan really quick bam and add this real quick and display capture well, while you're doing that i'm gonna talk about some of the scores in chat because oh, there are some good ones uh tomas got 150 that's a great score um week rank 45 uh, Charles got 144, Ryan 136, Joel 146, overall rank 50. That's great. Ryan overall to 14. That's awesome. Uh, some other ones we got. Uh, got a few 123s from Josh and Patrick. Uh, 129 from James Carling, who said his defense and Manone hurt. Uh, I think defense was really tough. I think that's probably, if you get into the next echelon uh, of scores, you had to really nail the defense. 
uh, this week because a lot of the defenders that we were picking were disappoint disappointments. Um, and I think I got all all the score. Um, oh, Kendrick got 140. Uh, Nano got 127. That's a new new score. So so yeah, if if you're in ch in chat, haven't posted your score, post it. Uh, but yeah, it seems like a lot of people did um, around the 120s to 130 range, and a few players got over the hump into the 140 to 150. Yeah, that's awesome, Joel. That 146. I got that switched up really quickly, so I was I was ready with my backup plan for getting this, keeping this stream on as, as Sherry is is working on some of her <laughs> audio problems. Uh, let's go to some of the head-to-heads real quick. I uh, wanted to review these. I know we had a big matchup this week. Blaine was going up against Weeby. Mike was going up... Sorry, Mike was going up against Weeby. Blaine was going up against Doyle. And I was going up against Dominic, who I'll, I'll just be straight up with you all right now. Uh, Dominic started out pretty solid with us at the beginning of the year, but faded away and seems to be a dead team. I did not remove him from our hosts league, which maybe some might have expected, but uh, I figured everyone had the shot to get just some points right there, and so I left him. Um, and so that was just my week. So I got an easy win for myself. Uh, Mike, you also had an easy win. How do you want to talk about that one? I mean, you know, I just do what I do. Just, you know, beat Weeby. <laughs> it's very, very typical. Um, you know, I, I mean, it's sad because I'm sure we're probably not going to have him in our host league. So I just kind of enjoyed it as my one last final hurrah. <laughs> Although uh, I'm sure next year he'll claim he's going to play again. And it's going to be a different story. And maybe some fans will vote him in. But we're not going to let him. The yeah, Wooden Spoon Award is henceforth in fantasy known as the Andrew Weeby Award. That's that's just what you get. It's it's uh, it's not yeah, the taco. Man. It's the Weeby. That's we all know. That's what it is, right? Right, chat. Right, right. Podcast world. Yeah. That's. The I, I am excited because Extra Time did put out a call for guarantees, and I checked to see if I had made any guarantees. And I'm like, if New York City scores four more goals, I'm going to nail a guarantee, which gives me a reason to harass Weeby for a team another T-shirt. Which, if you were around <laughs> last year, that's very fun. Just like everything that Weeby says, I'm like, hey, where's my T-shirt? And just annoy the bejesus out of him. Totally. Well, I think next year, easily, one of us has to send in a Baron T for Weeby finishing last in every fantasy league that he's in. So, I mean, that's 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 <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, you know, now, now, Blaine, yours was next, much closer. Yeah. Uh, I screwed that one up. I think I lost to uh, Doyle by, what, three points, which is more, or which is less than the difference between Manone two and... Two points. Two points. Oh, it shrunk all the way to two. 125 that's to 123. That's definitely less than the difference between Manone and Johnson. So any one move and it would have been my week and we would have probably won the uh, ETR versus MLSFI head-to-head, -head, which I think, Chad, I think you need to go harass those guys on Twitter because of Weeby. Definitely harass Weeby and try to get it to where we can just do an MLSFI versus um, ETR team head-to-head -head league, just a two-team head-to-head, and let those guys come up with the team. We come up with the team and see who wins the most rounds next year. Good. It could be fun. Uh, we've got James that Carling way, that talking way we don't right have now. Weeby not ever playing anymore. He's always got something to cover <laughs> for him. He put a lineup I thought in. that's what his intern was for. Uh, we've got James Carling in chat right now. Weeby and Sagini were the two that got me into MLS fantasy. That is true. I remember those those little podcasts or video casts they used to do mm -hmm. uh, with the starting lineup. And those were awesome. Those were so much fun. And I'm sorry that they can't be around with hope. Our podcast is helping replace that 
a little bit. But yeah, Sagini actually played in our league as well. He started out real strong. I think he sort of slacked off some near the end as as well. But uh, he was definitely all about it at the beginning. And it uh, was really fun having some of the OG guys in the mm -hmm. league with us. Uh, keep going forward. Top score this week goes to Ryan Anderson, MLS Fantasy Stats, with 142 points. So I've seen uh, Joel did better than that, but that's a, that's a great score right there. And Sherry, who is still working on getting our our video going, her sound going, and maybe she'll just join in chat and just and just let people know what she thinks in, in chat. Uh, but she is still on top of the host head-to-head -head league with a score of 12-0-1. But you know what? At this point, Sherry has basically won the supporter shield of the host league because we have a playoff, a playoff structure. And if you're not in a head-to-head -head league with a playoff structure, this is the you have an option for how many rounds your playoff will start. I always select the most, which is three. And so for these final three rounds of the season, we are doing special matches and that has gone down to the top eight players and uh, we're in a quarterfinal right now so we're going to keep whittling it down until we just have our own little cup game and coming up for next week we have sherry versus um let's see here i lost my my window real quick uh, we have sherry versus steve mcpherson from over at at uh, Minnesota, who has been a great player and a great also fancy podcast this year, you guys should check out. We have Ben Bear, Gringo Oso, going against. Um, let's see here, going up against Matt Pollard, and uh, that was that's funny because Matt's been like super down on himself for his fantasy performance most of this year, but uh, Petkey's Printer SC has has been doing it in in this final match. So uh, Ben is going up against Matt Pollard, and that should be fun. Then we have uh, Ryan Anderson, MLS Fantasy Stats, versus myself, the only member of our host to make it in. Ben is the only member of the MLS crew to make it in as well. Cutthroat, that'll be a, a match. Uh, Ryan will probably beat me because he is a, a beast of a player. So, uh, But that, that'll be a tough match for this, for this double game week. And then we have a classic MLS Fantasy Insider, MLS Fantasy Boss matchup coming up. Jason Wiskovich versus Older Goaler. Both uh, longtime participants in this project, this community project that we have going. Excellent fantasy players. So some really fun matches as we wind down the season, especially in our head-to-head -head league and any head-to-head -head leagues you all have. This this is what is the most fun for me. Um, finally, going over to Patreon, we have uh, Skiles is still leading the league with a record of 11-1-0. But Seagraves is right behind him with a record of 10-1-1. I think we have some people with a record of... 10-0-2 uh, as well. So lots of people are really close. Final three matches could could overtake it and win this thing. So Patreon is still heating up. And, and I tell you, these head-to-head -head leagues, I love them. I love them so much. <laughs> I don't know if anybody... If you're in chat and you love head-to-head -head leagues, let me know right now. I know Blaine and Mike enjoy what goes on with this as well. So this is, this is where the fun is for me. I didn't realize Doyle knocked me out of the playoffs he too. Did. Had I won he that match, had I won that matchup, I would have finished fifth on that on that and been playing. Actually, would have been playing Jason this week. It was. It's rough. It's. Rough. It is rough. That's right. It's hardcore time right here. Let's move on to talking about round twenty-eight. Crazy, crazy, especially the final game of of the round. Um, let's let's just start with your. Fantasy takeaways and surprising moments, Blaine. I, uh, 
I mean, surprising moment. Uh, Columbus going to Atlanta and putting up three goals and getting a win. I mean, we've talked up Atlanta's defense at home all season. They've usually looked pretty strong. I know a lot of us went in on that one pretty big. Or if we are, no, I guess, sorry, I'm thinking show league. Show league was huge for that game, and I think everybody got burned on that one. Um, I was looking at that one, and then all of a sudden just, I don't know where that came from, but, yeah, nobody's safe in the Eastern Conference right now. Mike? Uh, yeah, I mean, th- this is a week where you could kind of say which game wasn't a surprise. Um, That's true. I, I mean, I know Portland struggled at mm-hmm. home, but, I mean, losing one nothing to D.C. probably should have been 2 nothing if Farr had gotten the call correct. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's a bad result for them. Uh, I'm a, The most surprising game I'm going to let to Reed to talk about because, uh, you know, he hasn't, as an FC Cincinnati fan, he hasn't had a whole lot of opportunities to brag, so I'm going to let him get it. Um you know, Seattle getting four against New York Red Bulls, so 4-2. I wasn't expecting that. Um, and then the game we talked about earlier, Zlatan putting up a touchdown against um, SKC. Um, you know, SKC had kind of looked a lot better recently. Uh, they looked like they kind of finally gotten over the injuries and got it together. But, you know, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was just SKC kind of giving up on the game or – to me, it just looked like Zlatan was out there having fun. It was a national game. It was a big game with playoff implications. And he came to play. And when he comes to play, he's the best player in the league. And he just – I mean, he was doing, like, backheel passes, you know, having fun with Pavone. You know, Legette almost got a hat trick. I mean, just – it was a crazy fun game to watch. But, um, you know, some other ones, knowing the Revs in Orlando having a, a slobber knocker to get to a draw – um, which probably almost eliminates Orlando. Um, you know, and the fire winning four nothing against Dallas. Who saw that coming? You know, no I, I mean, we all the talk about maybe Orlando can sneak in. Right now, the fire are ahead of Orlando. <laughs> you know, with new owner, does that is that enough to boost their confidence that they get into the playoffs? Which would be absolutely crazy considering how they played. Um, just a lot of crazy results, you know, that we get this time of year because all of a sudden all the games matter and all these teams are trying to get into it, which makes, you know, the last month of MLS so much more fun than other leagues. Yeah, well, you you said it for me, Mike. The biggest surprise for me for this round is the Montreal lost FC Cincinnati, and that was a road game for FC Cincinnati. I mean, scoring, uh, Cruz has been one of my favorite players for the entire season. Just, just seeing him play at the beginning at the Portland game and the other couple games, uh, the other game that I've caught since then, a couple games I've caught since then, um, he's he's always been a guy, I'm like, you know what, he's solid in, in a sea of... Mm, uh, he's been a guy I've really enjoyed. So great to see him get that that opening goal. Shocking to see him get that opening goal, and and I wasn't I I didn't have a lot of faith honestly because what I've seen is we've done well out the gate, a lot of high energy, but we just haven't been that full ninety, and it's always worn on us and and have given things up late, and that could have happened because even though Cincinnati got that early goal, we still saw just going to the quick stats. I mean they were outshot two to one on by Montreal so the chances were there they just couldn't connect them and that's what is even more surprising or why the surprise is not just Cincinnati winning but that's what's surprising is being outshot two to one having Piotti available having Tider available having all those pieces that we've been talking about that when they're there seem dangerous and it didn't turn out so that was the huge 
shocker for me right there. The second one is is that that score from from LA because I went to bed just looking at my phone, seeing some of the updates. I'm like, oh, okay, Sporting Kansas City score. That's not really how I won this game to, to start out. And then I got another update. I'm like, oh, all right. Zlatan score. That that's pretty good. That that's gonna be a solid game. I'm gonna go to bed and, and and read this book for a little bit and and go. And then I keep hearing my phone buzz and I'm like, what is going on? Holy crap! Seven to two. You gotta tell me that there's a hat trick in here for Zlatan. There it is. There it is. So so that was just a shocker to see that that game run up so quickly. So um, ridiculousness, ridiculous. Fantasy mm-hmm. takeaways. I'll start out and throw it to you guys. Looking back at at these games. We could see the impact of the double game week clearly at the beginning. Sorry, not the double game. We could see the impact of the international call-ups clearly at the beginning of this double game week with the the teams having lower scores than I think a lot of us expected in some of these games. I mean, the draw with New York City uh, and then the, the, the small wins that we saw. A lot of us called the Colorado win. Um, but I think some of us were even questioning Real Salt Lake with, with who they were missing. So you can see the the impact there that those call-ups have, which should not be an issue going forward. Going forward, I think we got to expect a lot of these teams to be dropping in everything they have to try to make these spots, which are still so competitive. And I have to agree with chat. Talked about some of the biggest fancy takeaways. Columbus on the road, Cincinnati on the road. Um, we had several road successes this week, so it doesn't happen often, but it does happen. So you just have to pay attention to those lineups. And TF, I mean, we talked about early in the week. TFC probably should have beaten New York City, um, if not for Son Johnson's sake, um, they 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 would have. Uh, but I, I was surprised that TFC didn't do more with you know having Josie back and Pozuelo uh, and New York City missing Maxi and both center back. Uh, and then maybe even both New York City games because New York City then ended up not having Max Morales for the second game due to a hamstring issue. So um, both of those were really kind of surprising to me. I would have expected more success playing good teams, but they, they didn't have. Thankfully for me. <laughs> Blaine, take away. Um, you know, I didn't get to watch a whole lot. I really have anything at this point. Mike? Um, takeaway, Joseph Martinez continues his scoring streak, even yep. with his Atlanta's problems. Um, that's still going strong. Vela coming back, getting a goal. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, other than like Philly has shown that they're pretty good against good teams at home. Uh, so, I mean, that's something to keep in mind this week when they, they host the Red Bulls. I think they host the Red Bulls. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The Red Bulls host them. Um, so we'll see how they can do on the road. They've had a lot of problems. Uh, but yeah, something interesting in chat is that Montreal's lost all six points against FC Cincinnati. That's a good way to miss out on a playoff spot. For sure. Uh, another surprise I'll add on here is one of the other away wins I didn't mention just a second ago, and that was DC over Portland. And we've we've mentioned DC struggles. We've talked about some of Portland's struggles, even though they had this long home run. That's an important takeaway because Portland has a double game week in round 29, so a lot of us will be looking to those Portland players and people like uh, Brian Fernandez who have not been producing have to be questionable. You can, I feel more comfortable with, with a player like Valeri, even with some of these results, just because he is, 
is a person who's able to generate some of these bonus points. And, and even during this game, he got five points with without a lot of options for him. So um, that's, that's a takeaway that I have going into this week is just looking at that Portland score and seeing what their results were. Uh, quick look to chat. I don't see any other big takeaways coming through here. Uh, it was definitely, it's hard to get some solid takeaways when we have situations like this. Sherry, I see the microphone symbol has gone. Are you, are you with us? I think so. Ah, there we go. We have it. Thank you for, for uh, struggling with us. And you, you came in just at the right time. So I'm going to throw it off to you to let you share with us your uh, fantasy takeaways and most surprising moments from round 28 before we get to a little bit I set aside just for you. Okay. Um, well, I think the biggest surprise I had was that I was almost beaten by an inactive team. <laughs> uh, yes. This is a little embarrassing. Um, it, it, was, it was really strange. I looked at, I kept seeing all these single game players come up. And the thing that really scared me is that he captained Guy Tan. And who got, I, I think it was 18 points as a captain. And the only reason I won is that, um, it, well, it was it was Latan, who's usually getting me two points. So I was able to pull it off, but I, I was just shocked. And what struck me was how well the single game players were, were doing. <laughs> that was that was a little disconcerting. Um, so that was that was one of my most surprising moments. I was also surprised by DC United winning. They oh. they went into Benny Benny Ball and did well. Pleasantly surprised um, though. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so the, I think that's about it for the for the surprises. But I think the single game week players did well, and I think the kids did well too. Um, for sure. Some of the some of the youngers. I looked at the uh, at the dream team yeah and the average value was 8.5 million which seems That's... low to me there but... were a lot of like 6.1 players on there yeah so it's that, always that was it's it's always so weird with with the call-up times and the double game weeks you, you never know when that stuff's going to happen so uh, yeah it's it's great to see the kids being played mm-hmm uh, but you bring up an interesting point that that i love that you mentioned and i know we talked about this um uh a lot of the single game week players had some solid showings and it just makes me wonder if if our structure was different like if if we've talked about this before if double games didn't count as much if single games counted more or if you only like in in the show league and and some of the other games that we played you only get the highest points from a, a double gaming so you only get the best points from one of, one of the two double games how much more strategy that adds into your your fantasy time like you get two bites at the apple but the single game week guys are just as viable and and we saw some of that and i would love to see that as a change if if it's possible for the next season yeah i mean it would have made a big difference in a lot of these because i mean a lot of these scores are kind of two decent games that added up to a really good score into double digits uh, but, I mean, like, Zlatan would have been an interesting case for your change because he didn't do well the first game. You know, or do you leave right. him in because he's got the good against Sporting Kansas City, and that's where the points came. So it, it would have been a really interesting week for the, that that change to, to be in. 
Um, whenever Sherry was talking about the Dream Team, I, I did put it up, and we should probably note uh, Marlon Minota has had himself a great week, 19 points. Yeah. I think he was the best captain pick uh, before Zlatan, and I guess he technically could still be the t- best captain pick, but you know, Zlatan's Zlatan, so he gets that armband in the Dream Team regardless of what, if anyone else is equal to him. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, great week against um, you know two bad opponents for Houston, even though they didn't uh, win the second game. Um, there was definitely some points for the Houston Dynamo, but it was so hard to pick which players it was. So with that being said, what I'd like to do now is uh, give Sherry an opportunity. So you all have heard us talk about Sherry for the, this this whole half of the season, at, at least, if not some of the first one. Uh, Sherry is one of our top Patreon donors, and because of that, she gets to participate in the host Head-to-Head Invitational League. And not only has Sherry participated in this league, she's been in it, I think, every every season. I think Sherry's been one of our top donors since, since we started. But Sherry has been dominating this half of the season, is right there at the top of, of the supporter shield of, of the host head-to-head league, and is going in with that first place spot secured into our, our, uh, our playoff series in this league. So what I'd like to do right now is give Sherry an opportunity to talk about her experience with fantasy, her experience with this podcast and this community and Patreon and, and let people hear her story and also why she uh, is continuing to be a supporter of this community project that we have. Um, well, I, I probably know a lot less about soccer than most other people. And I rely heavily on um, this podcast, the the rankings that J.D. Bazo and, and um, Skylar Redpath put out, um, I try to use all of them. But when I first started listening to the podcast, I said, you know, this is, I would never know this. That means information I would never know um, about the teams, the, the strategy, um, why one team, you might think they're going to do better, but they won't because, and then the answer would be there. So I felt that it was just, it was worth supporting. And it takes a lot of work to do this. And, um, you know, you, you all have outside lives and I really appreciate it because I was, I was coming up with my picks for tonight and I realized I can't do this until I listen to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Cart horse. You'd just be like Blaine last week. (laughs) <laughs> but I, I no, I actually came up with the picks. But I, I know I didn't talk me out of it. Well, Sherry, I was gonna say we do that a little bit here on the show anyway, where I've caught Reed saying it. I know Mike's done it a few times and I do it occasionally that we see we listen to everybody else's picks and we go, I think I'm gonna go with that because they make a good case for this one and I didn't think of that. So we do bounce off of each other and steal ideas every so often because the, everybody on here thinks of something that we haven't thought of yet. And even though we're supposed to be the experts and we give out the ideas, we talk and we listen to each other a lot. Well, that, that makes me feel better. And, and I think you point out probably the most important resource to any fantasy manager is, is just looking at all the sources available to you. I mean, we're, we're fantasy managers, just like real managers. You're looking at the field and using what we're talking about in the podcast, looking at Skylar and Jason's rankings, looking at stats collected by, by Ryan and the general stats on, on the fantasy website. It's all information you can take 
to use and sometimes you hear a lot of us talking about the same thing and there's a reason for that like when we're talking about captaining Zlatan or why you might want to have a certain keeperu option set up there's reasons that a lot of us may uh, I don't want to say experts because I mean to some extent an experts just someone who's who's stopped learning and I think we're all <laughs> learning and but it's like there's a reason sometimes we all gravitate to, to some things. But other people always come in with different ideas. I love seeing what chat has. I love seeing what, what Mike and Blaine have. I love seeing the stuff that, mm -hmm. that Skylar and, and other people talk about in Discord chat. So it, it's all information you can get because, as Sherry mentioned earlier, we saw a lot of mid-range guys put up great scores this week. And, mm -hmm. and it's very rare that you can go through, just pick the most expensive players, and expect to have the best week. Um, even though that's where I think a lot of us try to sometimes. Go ahead. That, that was another point I wanted to bring up. I mean, I have $127 million and it's actually a handicap. I keep thinking, I've you want to spend, spend it. it yeah. I can't leave $5 million in the bank. That would be wrong. And so I miss some, some good picks that just players just aren't, uh, don't have that high a value. So it can be a curse, too. Um, but another point I wanted to make is that um, I really enjoy behind the numbers. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Kyle's uh, article. I work, yeah. And it's, um, I use it to, for a particular team to decide whether I'm going to pick defensive or offensive players, for example. Um, I use cheat sheet. I, I use it, uh, take advantage of just about everything. Yeah. Um, and what I what I like about the podcast is that it's not just the information, it's the why and the you know, the analysis with it and what what brought you to that conclusion. So it's it's very, very helpful. Yeah. Yeah, though train those are those are some great resources. Uh, I'm I just had a I stumbled because I saw that Patrick was saying that he left thirteen million in the bank this past week and I was just oh! shocked. I was just and shocked. And he did very well. And he did very well. Patrick also is one of our top supporters, and he does very well. I uh, rest my case. There we go. Well, that was a great testimony. We're so happy to have you on the show this week, Sherry, because you have done so well. And, and I think that's just a great story to share with people. So we're going to go to our housekeeping right now, but we look forward to getting your picks. And then, chat, I want to hear what you all want to, to see, hear us talk about and the picks that you're looking at. So get ready. But first... Let's go to our housekeeping for round 29, starting with the double game week teams. We have FC Cincinnati, my FC Cincinnati, Atlanta, <laughs> Portland, New York Red Bulls, Seattle, and Dallas. Of these teams, FC Cincinnati has a double home game and Portland has a double home game. Nobody has a double away game this week, so everyone else is just going to split home and away. Important to know. As far as buy teams go, nobody. Everyone's in this fray. Well, Kinda, depending on what the playoff picture is, which is New York City FC, Philadelphia, Atlanta, and LAFC are the only four teams who have 100% clinched a playoff spot at this time. A lot of teams are close, really close, but technically those are the only four teams who have the numbers to support them having clinched a spot. By the numbers, FC Cincinnati and Vancouver are still the only two teams who have been eliminated from the playoff picture, but there are several teams who are still on a bubble. And so I'm looking at 538 for these stats, and I'm going to list you the teams that have a less than 10% chance to make the playoffs as well. So you have Colorado, Houston, Columbus, 
Sporting Kansas City, and Orlando. So all those teams are less than 10%. Now, why do I mention this? And that's because I think you should consider that when you are looking at building your team. Uh, it may not impact a lot of the double game week teams this week, except for maybe FC Cincinnati and some of the top scoring in Atlanta. But some of these teams may decide to rest. Some of these teams may decide to play their kids because what else are they going to do? Some of these teams may bring everything they have, maybe Sporting Kansas City or Orlando, as they try to just just eke into that last spot to make a playoff. So. Uh, take that in consideration when, when you're making your teams because it, it does definitely matter for this part of the season. So that's what I have for the quick update. Mike, housekeeping. Um, There's not a whole lot of housekeeping. I checked the disciplinary summary. It hasn't been updated since September 6th. So that means that some teams have played up to three games since that. Like it still shows that Max Morales has four yellow cards. And has it include the game in which he got the yellow card, served the suspension, and all that. So I can't tell you who's on yellow card warning. I wish I could. I won't go into that rant right now. Um, Max Morales did have a hamstring injury. Uh, I don't know of any other major injuries going into this week. Um, but something to keep in mind, um, apart from the double game weeks, there are two other teams that have a double game week this week. That is Toronto and Montreal as they are playing in the first of two legs in the Canadian Championship. Uh, the second leg will be next week, I believe. Um, so keep that in mind because Toronto and Montreal players will probably be going hard at it, especially Montreal. Um, but, you know, I don't know which their, what their priority is. I think both of those teams are probably going to take the sh shot to try to get a trophy um, since they're both long shots from the Cup, but you never know, uh, especially with Mon Montreal having a brand new coach, how they'll approach it. But definitely check those lineups too because that may uh, affect whether or not you want some single game week. Yeah, that'll be that'll be really interesting. I mean, you talk about the East, but even over there in the West, only, only LA FC has qualified right now. So I mean, that's that's going to be a battle. I mean, that's kind of where I expect a lot of things to go crazy well, is, is over in the West. Yeah, it's LAFC and LA Galaxy. Montreal plays the LA Galaxy. TFC plays LAFC. So it's so, going to be um, So both of those have to play in Canada and then fly all the way to uh, Los Angeles for a Saturday. It's be crazy. All right. Uh, I will also add probably not someone who's high up on the list but it is a double game week team so i will mention it uh cruz did leave a little early from the fc cincinnati game in the second half uh so questionable or at least someone to watch but i don't know if fc cincinnati players are going to be anything more than maybe switcheroo options this week so i'll just uh leave that there but let's move on to our round 29 preview starting with keepers defenders and clean sheets uh, chat if you all have questions about uh, any particular players or just topics you want us to discuss. Let's go ahead and get those right now as we start with Blaine. Keepers, defenders, and clean sheets. Yeah, um, always look for kind of clean sheets first. And uh, this week's a little tough. Um, I think you got to go Atlanta United for the clean sheet shout. The rest of them are kind of hit and miss. Um, I think Seattle's probably a decent shout on that on either one of those legs. Um, so I, I could see definitely loading up here. Uh, with current budget, I haven't been able to yet, but that is subject to change. Um, I'm starting with uh, Guzan as my keeper and Escobar as my Atlanta coverage on defense here. 
I am going to go two in the back for Atlanta this week. I just I think that's where the money go, needs to go with the rest of the picks. And then I've got Cannon and Tuiloma as well. Um, both of them are 5.6. Um, I like Dallas. I really like Hollingshead for his offensive potential, but $10 million and I just don't like the defensive matchup here. I mean, that may come back to bite me, but I just could not justify spending $10 million on defense with the way the rest of my lineup is looking right now and how much money I felt like I needed to spend going forward on the double game weeks. So if you have Hollingshead in here, uh, you would hear no complaints from me. Um, I also, I could, couldn't work him in. One of these two guys would be Smith for Seattle if I could afford him. And if I see uh, cheaper Seattle players starting that first game, I may go for it. But we're just kind of up in the air on that one at the moment. Who is your keeper again? Uh, Guzan. Guzan. Michael. All right. So I uh, went with Fry uh, in um one of the reasons for me is he was a lot cheaper than guzan um i think guzan does have a really good chance at two clean sheets um or i think atlanta does uh that's why i put in escobar um i had to go really cheap um as we'll, i'll explain a little bit later uh i have tiloma from uh portland um two home games i know portland has struggled so i'm just kind of taking a shot and then on my bench um i have uh Defonier from fc cincinnati um not a great shout but you know what he's four million so we'll see what he can do and then i have tim parker uh <coughs> excuse me from the new york red bulls um i don't think it's inconceivable that they get a clean sheet uh against portland um with the way portland has struggled um and if you look at some of the stats from their offensive ineptitude against dc united uh, i i can really really see them doing well uh against portland so I'm going to take a shot at, at Parker, uh, and that's really all I have. I just kind of went really, really cheap uh, on the back line. Sherry? Well, I went really big on the back line. <laughs> um, I have um, Clark. I, I was kind of wishing that Portland had two away games because they tend to do better. But um, anyhow, I picked Clark. Um, I have Morera. Robinson, and then I did have Waston, but he's got a red dot after his name. I just noticed that. Um, I'm going to get that a cheap defender. the international break that they haven't fixed. So double. Okay, okay. Um, so that's that's my back line. I think I'm probably going to downsize it a little bit, and because um, I only had room for four um, midfielders. So that's that's what I've got so far. Yeah, I have a mix of, of several of these players. Um, I also went with Clark in the back. Uh, I I was considering Fry because I I'm only using two offensive players from Seattle right now, uh, so I'm kind of up in the air as to if I'm going to settle with Clark or not. Because I had the same worry as you do, Sherry, that that they've not always been fantastic at home. Red Bulls have struggled some. We had a, a comment in chat asking us about New York Red Bulls players from Charles. Um, I hadn't thought about that for defense, Mike, but but you make a good point. I, I think they do have some some viable defensive options for sure. I get a little bit more worried with offense with the Red Bulls, but we'll get to that in, in a second. But Charles makes a good point about Philadelphia is, is going to have three away games over eight days. So... That, that is a pretty good amount of travel for them, and I do think that could pay into play into some uh, consideration 
as well. But and they've also made the playoffs, so you really we could see some rest from Philadelphia, and they might be easier an easier team to play against. Uh, but I'm digressing a little bit. Um, I also went big in the back, but I think Blaine, you make a very good point about looking at some of that. Uh, return on your investment Hollingshead at 10 is someone who I have but I did even have to shave a little bit of money from some of my switcheroo options even with I also have 127 million like Sherry Uh, so I think that's an easy one you could find uh, room to shave Uh, but you guys have covered a lot a lot of the the options right there I think you could probably find a balanced defense if you want to especially if you need to move some money up like Sherry was talking about I think you could find some balanced defense uh, Delanea uh, maybe Robinson or someone, but you could find some some of those cheaper guys. Smith for sure if he's if he's going to be cheap. Let's move. Uh, Go ahead. Oh, I want to make a, make a note on on Watson. Chat corrected me. Uh, Watson did get uh, a red card at the end of the FC Cincinnati Montreal, so he is actually, uh, you know, you can never never depend entirely on the MLS uh, red dot system. But it's good to know who was right today. But I can always <laughs> count on Watson to get a red card when I have him on my team, and that was my concern. Okay. There you go. All there right, you go. thank it's, you. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> It happens. Uh, let's move on to midfielders now. Michael, I'll start with you. All right. So midfielders, um, I have Ladero. Uh, I think, you know, we saw what uh, Chicago did against uh, Dallas. Dallas seems to have a trouble playing Paxton Pomichol. Um, even though they're playing him against Chicago. I don't really know what's going on with Dallas, uh, but I think that's a good opportunity. Um, and even though DC's kind of been a little bit higher uh, lately, I'm really encouraged by Seattle finally getting all their pieces back. When they've had all their pieces back, they've been really strong, both home and away. So I'm not terribly scared about their uh, trip to D.C. So I have Ladero. Uh, I have Pity Martinez. My philosophy was, I know Blaine said he thought the value for Atlanta was in the defense. For me, it's getting Atlanta attackers against that FC Cincinnati defense, especially if they have Waston out. Uh, with all of Waston's faults, he has been a better option for them than you know whoever is his backup. So I went with Pity Martinez. Uh, as much as we complained and bashed Pity Martinez early in the year, he's been much more consistent recently. Yep. Um, more like a five to eight game player, and I think he could definitely eclipse that. Uh, and then the second game against San Jose, San Jose has been on a bad run of form. Um, it's not like a gimme game, but I think it's still an opportunity for Atlanta, especially since they're. Uh, then my other two uh, mid, uh, I have Diego Valeri. With all of Portland's struggles at the home, he's still accumulating bonus points. Um, two home games, I see. You know, I think he's a must-have this week. Uh, Valeri double game week, you have to have him on the team. Uh, and then I have Kaku for the New York Red Bulls. I kind of talked about it. Portland's struggles and you know trying to see some opportunities there. Kaku's only eight point eight, which is pretty good steal for what he's been doing recently been much more consistent uh i think he's much he's a pretty likely double digit point player this week uh and he allowed me to free up a little bit of money to do what i want to do front which is where i spent most money so uh that's what i got in the mid sherry okay um i have valeri um I, I agree, even even at home, he, it's a double game week and you have to have him. Um, Ladero, um, Pazuelo, and Ledesma, I, I felt that I should take at least one Cincinnati player um, because they're, they're 
both games are at home. I don't know. Maybe that's misguided. See, that's what I would come to the podcast to hear about, <laughs> you know, the wisdom of taking uh, a Cincinnati player. Um, and then possibly if I can um, move some money around Roldan. Oh. Uh -huh. We'll uh, we'll go to chat for um, for uh, some people to weigh in. So as far as I'm concerned with Ledesma, chat to weigh in about about FC Cincinnati. Um, if if you were going to go with an FC Cincinnati player in midfield this week, even though I talked up Cruz and how much I liked him, uh, he did get injured, so I have some questions. Ledesma is the one who I'd look at. He's been very consistent. For the past several games, I think he's been on some PKs. Yes, he's been on some PKs because some of them have not been very good. But um, he's he's been consistent for most of the time these past handful of games under the new coach. So if you're going to go with an FC Cincinnati player in midfield, he's the one I would pick. I would make him a bench player, though, just because we've yes. seen what's <laughs> happened. And they, they play pretty early on as well in the double game week they're the third game in in uh, on saturday so you can still see uh, some what they're going to do if you want to make some changes if you have a single game player you want to go with um you guys have have hit all the ones i was looking at i, I also have barrios on my team right now and i'm just not very happy with that that's something i might try to change around maybe if i free up some money uh you know but i may just i may consider kaku i i had written off new york red bulls players but listening to some of the things that that Mike has said, and uh, having uh, the question come from Charles about I, about I don't them, like I, the I fact that I'm promoting Red Bulls players. Hey, I, I'm, I feel dirty about this. Hey, <laughs> it's it's the way you have to be if you want to be successful in fantasy. You I think to, Reed just skipped yeah. me over on the midfielder section. Did I? Oh, time. I'm so sorry. Well, I was talking about FC Cincinnati. I just went into it. So yeah, go ahead. yeah. No, go I, get ahead. It, I get go it. Go ahead. I'll finish up in a second. I, I I really don't have too much difference. Um, Valeri and Ladero for the exact same reasons. I am starting Roldan. Um, I just I like these two matchups. Dallas and DC have both struggled a lot, and he's been putting up decent numbers. So I think this is a good chance to grab him. He's a little pricey, but yeah. And then I weigh in a little different. I've been on the if you're going to take a Red Bull midfielder, it has to be Royer, and I've kind of ran that valid, way the yeah. whole season. And I just you get good Kaku and bad Kaku, and I I know he's been I know he's been better lately, but I just I cannot trust him. Um, and yeah, given given the way these two matchups go, I think this is Royer's week. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to Tchaikovsky, and if I need the money, I may go ahead and downgrade it. He has had some dynamite numbers in certain games. And I think playing the home game versus Philly, I think, is going to be where Tchaikovsky could have a better score than Royer. But I like Royer going into Portland a whole lot more, so I think I'm going to leave it there. And then while I've got it, um, uh, Williamson for uh, Portland is also on my bench. He's a $4 million player starting lately. Hasn't done a whole lot, but yeah, I just I watch him play, and I just I he's bound to go off at some point and at four million and i don't have a, a switcheroo for that spot so i'm going to tie that in there and then I, I the big part i want to talk about mike was telling me I, he thinks the offensive money is better in atlanta uh, than the defense i do have one roster or lineup uh dependent um switch to make and if i see miram starting in that first game he has been 
really solid for the for Atlanta when he starts, but getting him to start is so hit or miss. I would take a flyer at Miram at 6.4 if he starts that first game in Cincinnati on the wing. Um, that is an easy swap out from Escobar and then go grab a different defender there. You actually save a little bit of money. And there's a couple other defenders that were talked about that you could go get for cheaper than this. And I, I really do think um, Miram will make my lineup if he starts that first game. If we're talking about uh, good Kaku versus bad Kaku, I would imagine Blaine, being the SKC fan, is the expert on bad Kaku. One thing to mention with, with Royer and Rachowski, and one of the reasons I do is that I don't know who starts. I mean, with Warrior and Murchowski, we've seen rotation pretty much every double game week that the Red Bulls have. They, none of those other midfielders have started both games. Obviously, with the playoffs and the crunch time, maybe that'll be different. But, like, I don't know who Chris Arnes thinks is his best starting 11 with that situation, you know. Um, so that's my only concern going somewhere else like Warrior. I mean, yeah, Royer's been pretty good, but one of the reasons his value is down as much as it has is because he keeps being used as a sub because Chris Arnes keeps teaming whereas Kaku has been playing 90 minutes when he's available uh, pretty consistently since the second half of the season. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't really been thinking a lot about those New York players. Gressel is another one that we haven't talked about yet, but Royer, Gressel, I think... Uh, Patrick was saying those could be some sneaky picks as well. I agree. I thought a lot about Gressel uh, this round. Um, I, I ended up not going with him because his numbers have been a little lower recently. He was he was really getting some, some more points. And I'm not sure if that's just uh, pity coming in and actually doing better has taken away some from, from Gressel or what. But uh, definitely... A good option you could look at. I mean, if you are running with a lineup of like Joseph and Pity and Gressel, that's that's pretty aggressive, as well. And as Mike was saying, against Sporting or FCC, could could show some very strong results because Gressel is a solid player, no doubt. Right there, mm -hmm. a little bit easier on the budget as well. Um, he would be so good if he was listed as a defender. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that that would be pretty wild. Um, a lot of your other options this week are going to be coming from um, single game week players and I just don't know if a lot of them stack up if if you wanted to get a single game week player in here uh, I think you you could potentially look at uh, LA Galaxy you could potentially maybe look at New England um, and you could also of course look down at, at LAFC depending on how some of those games go with with the Voyagers Cup as well, but I, I do think a lot of the best midfield options are coming from our double game week players this week. Would you all agree, Sherry? Yes. Mike mm -hmm. Blaine? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I think most of the uh, midweek or midfield players are in double game weeks with Ladero and Valeris. You know, even when we're talking about, you know, Kaku or Martinez, there, there's options available there. That may not be true up top. And you might you might look at an Orlando. I mean, both the way they and Houston are both kind of on the bubble. Nani had a great round last week, uh, so you, you could look at something there. But and Orlando's done okay on the road. But uh, I don't know. I I just feel like 
Uh, you could take a bet on Chicago doing well again against FC Cincinnati in their second game. But I just feel like these are the cream of the crop, and we should be able to to afford some good midfielders here. I mean, but you might got to look at people like you already talked about Lordan. What about Blanco as well? Another Portland midfielder that you you would want to consider. I would put over a lot of the single game week players as well. So mm-hmm. just some options for people to think about out there. Maybe even Nagby if you wanted to go crazy. Three Atlanta midfielders. Just just <laughs> run with it. Right there, so um, I know you shouldn't that would... have three Atlanta midfielders. You gotta, <laughs> <laughs> regardless, you gotta have one more spot. <laughs> hey, you could go crazy. I would not recommend it, but you could go crazy. Maybe you don't want Gressel. We've already talked about Mare, and we got to talk about I think Nagri if you're looking at at some of those those key players. But uh, let's move on to our forwards now. Sherry, who do you like? Um, well, when I first started drafting my team, I. Um, put in Zlatan, Martinez, and Vela, and realized that there would be three holes in my team if I did that. But I thought that would be a lot of fun. They could fight over who was going to go on the bench and um, duke it out. I I think they're very close in the golden boot as far as number of goals. And I I think they're, regardless of what the the team is doing, they're going to be going after this. Um, so anyhow, what I ended up with was Latan Martinez and um, Ondrasic from Dallas. Okay, yeah. Um, he, he he fit my budget, and he's he's had some interesting games. Um, and I did. This is sort of off topic, but I did want to mention that one of the things I like about listening to the podcast and and all of the three of you and guests is that. I learn a lot more about other teams that I wouldn't have (laughs) looked at before. And Minnesota was one of them. Steve was on, and he talked about Minnesota. And I've really been paying attention to them. Um, Not this week, but when they're on a double double game When needed. When needed. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, So those, those are my three. Blaine. Andrasik's on the bench. I won't, I won't forget you this time, Blaine. Yeah, thank you. Um, I've actually got those exact same three as Sherry. Um, wow. This is one of those weeks where my budget is actually hurting me for once. I'm only at a 120.6 right now. And so I'm, I've am i fallen way behind the curve. I think Jason said he's up over 130 now. And I usually compare myself to Jason on a lot of this. So I've fallen way behind. If I had an extra $5 million, Andrasic would be Rui Diaz. Um, I just... I want to get him in there as a third forward with Martinez and Zlatan, but it's just I don't have the budget for it, and I, I, I'm unwilling to make the sacrifices in the midfield to go ahead and bring him in. Um, once I see the Dallas lineup, I still may switch to Rui Diaz instead of Zlatan, but, yeah, I just uh, I, I can't – I just can't see – spending that type of money this week i looked through the rest of the time the lineup uh Andrasic has been playing that forward ferrera for dallas at 7.1 has been playing more in the midfield and been doing well and then the rest of your double game week forwards are really expensive and may or may not give you the production you want um, a lot of these guys are hit or miss to start two games right now. Um, Fernandez hasn't been starting. Ibobasi and him are rotating a lot right now. Um, Ibobasi at 5.6, if he starts both of those games, is a steal. Um, definitely got to keep on the radar. But that's uh, I'm in the same boat as Sherry right now. Michael. All right. Well, then, uh, 
So obviously I do have Joseph Martinez. Uh, but then I think my other two picks have not been picked yet. If I heard right, I think Shelly was uh, Sherry was considering. Uh, I have Jordan Morris. Um, Rui Diaz to me is too expensive. Jordan Morris has been a much hotter player uh, of late. Um, he's been pretty consistent either with goals or assists. So I went with him at ten million. Uh, and then I have Carlos Vela. Uh, for me, he he's healthy again. We've seen him play. Uh, Go, Mike. And, and him at home against a TFC who's playing midweek um, and has had a lot of defensive issues recently, I, I think is a recipe for success. Um, I, I wasn't convinced by Brandon Fernandez for the reasons that Blaine mentioned um, with him rotating with Abobasi and Portland struggles at home. Um, and then the rest, you know, Dallas, um, I, I think they just have a tough sledding uh, with Seattle and New York City. Um, so I, I kind of was like, you know what? I'm going to invest it and see and go with Vela. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Uh, I was just asking Chad if anybody was going with Vela, and uh, Patrick said no single game week players, but then Mike drops that bombshell. Two bombshells, <laughs> Morris and Vela. Did not see that one coming. Saw the Vela one coming. Did not see Morris <laughs> as an option. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting, especially if looking at a budget. Uh I'm seriously consider. I mean, I have Martinez on there. No, no questions right there. I also have Rui Diaz on, on my team. So I went with those two players right there. I have a little bit of money left in my budget. Um, maybe I'll look for for Andrasik. I think he also goes by the Cobra. So if that becomes an easier way to say his name, uh, but um, I just have two forwards right now, and I'm looking at trying to go harder with my midfield uh, and maybe if I do move to Akaku save up some money there that that could be that could be good but but I like Rudy as I like Martinez I don't think you have to have all three forwards this week um, I think you have some good midfield options that that you could lean on to help with that double game week there without having to rely on a single game week player that being said Vela is a magical person who has just been getting things done this week and must factor into our final segment of captain picks if you feel so strongly. So, Blaine, who is going to be your captain? Um, it's Joseph this week. Um, as, as much as I like Zlatan's matchup and even Bella's matchup at an even higher price, um, I don't think you can bet against Martinez um, against Cincinnati for just one game. Give him the second game to pad his stats a little bit. I think it's got to be him. Michael? Joseph Martinez plays <laughs> FC Cincinnati. <laughs> you should captain <laughs> Joseph Martinez. As much as I like the other match, yeah, it's Joseph Martinez against FC Cincinnati, which probably means he's not going to score in that game. Yeah, I'm going to give it two, Double hat two shot. Double hat yeah. Yeah, Sherry. That's not, that's not crazy with, with this. Uh, Martinez. And we can make it four for four because so I'm also for sure Joseph he's going to tank this weekend. <laughs> well, I'm looking at him as well, and, and so that's what I'm thinking. Uh, but that that gives me time for just a real quick final segment. Um, we're all talking about how he's going to fail. We had a great question that came in. Uh, I can't remember if it was on Reddit or if it was through Twitter, but someone was asking for suggestions on how they could differentiate their team or how how they could climb a few more spots in the overall ladder as the season is is winding down here. Uh, I think that's because we, we often see a lot of template uh, in some of these final games, but but we're talking about Vela. I think the answer to this question is you have to look at differentials. I want to hear what you all mm -hmm. have to say, and, and I think this is a good example mm -hmm. of, do you 
take well Joseph Martinez against FC Cincinnati is going to be ninety percent of the people. Do you risk Vela on him getting a bigger score on Martinez maybe getting rested on Martinez not having as great of a game? What what do you do? So I think that answer is you have to look to differentials. Uh, what about you all, uh, Blaine or Mike? If you guys want to start first. Yeah, I mean, I think making a different captain pick is is probably going to be a great way to you know differentiate yourself from the rest of the table. Most people, uh, ninety ninety nine percent of people are going to pick Joseph Martinez uh, as their captain. So I I can see it. You know, if you're trying to go for like just the weekly score, you know, putting it on Ladera. I mean, honestly, like I might do that too because I mean I'm so far down. Hey, let's see, see what happens if Joseph Martinez gets hurt or something. Uh, you know, something crazy or just Vela just absolutely goes off, you know, maybe something happens. But, I mean, I can also see, you know, we, we've talked a lot. Different, uh, we haven't talked a whole lot about Dallas this game. So so I can see going heavy on Dallas players uh, trying to, to swerve that one. Um, you, but, but, I mean, we've talked about it, you know, in games. It's a lot harder to do uh, differentials on double game. But that's where I would go. You know, maybe make a different cap and pick. Or maybe emphasize some of these teams that work this week. It's pretty clearly we don't have a lot of Dallas players. We don't have a lot of Red Bull players. Maybe one or if you went strong on those teams, there, there were some good values. Blame um, Dallas's forward. Maybe you could pick up one of uh, the New York Red Bulls forward uh, White, but you can put them into a switcheroo. That um, there's definitely some ways to do it, but it's a lot harder on a double. But captain, maybe some crazy single game picks too that can make a difference but you know you're taking the gamble you know i think what we do here is probably giving you the more consistent more reliable pick um there's a reason they're differentials like joseph martinez is most likely best highest scoring player uh in fantasy this round but if you're just trying to move up or maybe make, win that extra time uh jersey for the highest score of the week do something crazy would, would valeri be crazy i don't know that he'd be crazy in I, recent I certainly form, think he'd be like fourth in recent form. Long. Yeah, he, he'd be a little crazy given how consistent some of the other guys have been. But yeah, I mean, if we get a classic Valeri performance here, you could make it. You could really bank some extra points on this. Well, I think I, I think I, I this is one of those weeks where you just you have to go with Martinez as your captain. This is if you're going to try to make up ground. You this is not the week to mess with your captain. Yeah, but we're talking um, about they're playing against FC Cincinnati, and we're looking for those differentials. So, yeah, it is Joseph against yeah. Cincinnati, but maybe Joseph gets a goal, and then Pity gets a goal, then Gressel gets two goals, and they run up their score, yeah. and then Vela gets a hat trick. I, yeah, it, the, the my, my thing is the potential for losing ground on that is too great to risk it. Um, well, and And Joseph has been that consistent that I just I worry about that. So I fair, think if you're going to try to make a huge move up the standings, you've got to kind of risk making a losing ground. You know what I mean? Like, in order yeah. to gain a lot of ground, you're going to have to risk losing. There's just no way uh, about it at this point in the season. So you've got to have to make a big like that. And, I mean, you know, if someone like Valeria, like Sherry said, I don't agree with Blaine that he's that crazy. He's gotten uh, his last few, I mean, four against Atlanta, but 12, 10, 9, and 5. 
So he's he's a pretty dependable captain pick. I mean, if Joseph Martinez wasn't playing FC Cincinnati, I think he'd definitely be in the conversation. Uh, Ladero would also be in the conversation. Those are all great captain picks, guys mm-hmm. who can really score and are pretty certain locks to be double-digit point getters uh, this double game week. But yeah, I mean, if you're going to you know, make a huge move up the standings, you're going to have to risk being, you know, one of the worst teams this week. Yeah. Um, my thing, and if I, I told you if I had a little bit more budget, I am looking to try to make some of those moves. Um, definitely set your forward lineup as Martinez, Vela, and Zlatan this week. If you can afford it, uh, sacrifice some money somewhere, maybe sacrifice another double game week player. We talk about the Red Bulls and just the lack of who starts. Um, I was looking at it. Uh, Diaz for Columbus has kind of been one of those players. He's been looking pretty good, has a decent average. He'll save you about a million from Kaku and Royer. And if you're looking to free up some money, maybe you do go with a single game week midfielder like that to fill in the gap and save a little bit of money. And if you're really wanting to make up the ground, go with the, the hot players right now who have been putting up good numbers that have good matchups. And I think both Vela and Zlatan are options that have been putting up really good numbers and have favorable matchups, both of them at home, both of them playing teams, traveling a distance, and playing a midweek game. Like that, if you do both of those, and let's say everybody else in the in the game takes only one of those two options, you could potentially gain 15, 20 points this week over any of the other forwards, especially if you're looking at, like I am, at an Andrasic is your third forward. Um, the Andrasic upgrade to Vela is just going to be money in the bank for you almost any given week. Anything you want to add, Sherry? Um, well, I'm still going to try and, and get all three of the, <laughs> uh, the, the golden boot candidates. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I like that. That's cool. I like that. I like that. I like that line of thought. Mm-hmm. See, um, see, I'm just yeah. going to say I don't. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's okay. Oh, I was just going to say I didn't. I don't like Zlatan this week because he's playing against Montreal, which is a bad team. It's not on national TV. So I could just feel like Zlatan be like, I Zlatan last week. I'm not Zlatan this week. <laughs> you know, that's the frustration about Zlatan is like, just sometimes he just doesn't show up. Should he like be an absolute stud against Montreal? And get ahead? Of course. <laughs> is he? Could he just take the week off? Be like, Pfft. Frenchman, I'm not showing up against them. The golden boot. That's right. Maybe the golden boot. All of my boots are golden. Zilatan has enough money to make his boots golden. Oh my gosh, this is this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Let's let's just get this. Hit ten o'clock. Yes, let's wrap this thing up. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's wrap this thing up with our plugs. Blaine, what do you have? Nothing from me this week. Michael. Uh, yeah, just follow me at Mike that Tug. Sherry. Um, just listen to the podcast, join Patreon, support the, uh, the effort and, um, good luck. Yes. Uh, as for me, you can check out everything as usual over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. Also, r slash MLS. The subreddit community has great conversations and a great opportunity for ranting going on. And please check out our Discord server. You could get to it by going to MLSFantasyBoss.com over on the right sidebar. Uh, it's free. It's a fantastic community. A lot of the top players... Uh, are in there giving out advice, running back and forth between ideas. Every now and then, someone from MLS even stops by just to kind of chat with us. 
it's it's a fun community and i encourage everyone to get involved with that so with that being said good luck <laughs>